evening, TDN listeners. Welcome to this weekend interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. This weekend interview is a production of TDN Radio, and it involves conversations with interesting persons, with personalities, with people who have valuable information to share with us. I, on a Wednesday night at 8 p.m., I have the distinct pleasure and privilege to have conversations with persons of tremendous interest. And um, I get the opportunity to share those conversations with you. And so far, you have um, expressed uh, a similar delight in being part of the conversations that we share on this weekend interview. So tonight is no exception. Tonight, Wednesday night, it's 8 p.m. on in New York, where this is where I'm broadcasting from our Brooklyn studios. Uh, it is 8 p.m. in the Eastern Caribbean, and um, it is uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. We also have studios in Texas. As our our um, engineer is um, located and producer works out of our studio in in Austin, Texas. And so tonight, as always, I'm delighted that you have made the time to be with us to to take part of your Wednesday night to listen to us. Some of you, um, most of you text, most of you, sometimes you call, but we, but it's always good to know that you're present and that you find the conversations that we have interested, interesting. The conversations that we have, the information that I try to bring you on this weekend interview is different than what you will hear on the, on the popular media. If, if it's something that you can get by just Googling or going on Facebook or turning on your television, then this show is irrelevant. But we like to think that we bring you a different perspective. We bring you thought-provoking ideas. And always, at the end of the show, we like to leave you with something that you can take action on. And so tonight we have with us a very, very special guest. Um, we have uh, a doctor actually a surgeon with us and we're going to talk about trauma and and, and so let's let's start the show and and as always I, I i start the show by playing the character anthem because one of the things that we believe in is caribbean unity we, i i believe that the caribbean should be one nation uh, with all our putting all our resources putting all our efforts together and approaching the world as a united front what a mighty country we would be, what a mighty economy we would be, what a quality of life our people would enjoy if we were to realize that dream of Caribbean unity. And so every every week I do one more strike, you know, at the bell that announces the, the oncoming of the Caribbean nation. And I have the lovely Mikkel Henderson do her rendition of the Carrie Commandant. So let's listen. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to my very special guest. You don't want to miss this interview. It's going to be magnificent. We'll be right back. From many distant lands Our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Waged and fought through victory and pain. By test of their courage, our freedom was gained. 
One building, one Caribbean. Raise your voices high. Sing of your Caribbean pride. Sing it loud and strong. Feel our hearts beat as one. Celebrate in song as we rise to heights where we belong. Enterprises Inc. is your one-stop shop for web design and development, web hosting, domain names, dedicated servers, live event streaming, online ticketing, custom stream players, smartphones and tablets, electrical and mechanical parts and tools procurement, business supplies and equipment procurement, including computers, motors, contractors, breakers, panels, commercial printers, and copiers. G&D Enterprises, Inc., the services you need when you need them. Find us online at gandenterprisesinc.com and follow us on Twitter at GandEnt, Inc., or on Facebook at G-A-N-D-D dot Alfred. Or call us today for more information at 617-329-9434. Fast, effective, efficient service. All right, listeners, now we're back. We want to thank our sponsor, GND Services. Um, check out their website. They have a sale going on on registration of websites, web ho- the West web hosting service. In fact, I think if you if you purchase uh, a year of hosting of your website, the you get the um, the cost of the actual um, of purchasing the web name um, free of charge. So check them out at the four good folks at um, GND Services, gndservices.net, and, and their sponsors. Welcome back. Um, this is this week in interview. Before the break, I was I was telling you that as usual, this week is no exception. We have a very exciting guest, and let me say welcome to our our listeners who are joining us for the first time. Tonight is your first time listening to this week in interview. Let me give you a special welcome. And my hope is that at the end of the, of, of the hour tonight, you will agree with me 
that the conversations that we have at, on this weekend interview is a, a stellar conversations actually that um, that you will agree that it's worth one hour a week and you will become a regular listeners and to you my regular listeners you join me every Wednesday and I appreciate your your company I appreciate your time and I, and, and I and I thank you for the privilege of letting me into your your cars your homes wherever it is that you that you listen to this weekend interview but tonight's guest is a uh, uh, a trauma surgeon. He's he's a son of the soil. He's a Caribbean man. He's from he's from Dominica, um, from uh, fishing village of Point Michel in, on the west coast of Dominica. And um, as most of us do, we, we find our way to to this um, beautiful country, United States of America, which affords us the opportunity to to realize our dreams and to work towards our full potential. Well, tonight's guest is no exception. He, he's a very young man, but his accomplishments are, are, are long and, 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 and very admirable. He's very accomplished. My guest tonight on this weekend interview is Dr. Dale Dungben, Dr. Dale Dungben, MD. He is a trauma surgeon. And um, Dale, I, 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 I'm going to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. But um, TDN listeners want to give you a very, very warm welcome to this weekend interview. Thank you for taking the time to be with us tonight, dear. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Also, I think it's me, and uh, I'm very thankful. Um, well, in terms of who I am, like you said, I'm from Dominica. Uh, grew up in Dominica, spent 21 years there. Grew up in Point Michel in the southern part of the island. I uh, went to St. Luke's Primary School, and uh, from there, uh, I got a scholarship and went on to the St. Mary's Academy. And uh, from the St. Mary's Academy, I went on to Sixth Form College. It was called Civil Call at the time. And then soon thereafter that, I started teaching uh, at the St. Mary's Academy. So you, you, went to, so, uh, uh-huh, you went to high school, and then you, be, you were teaching after the Sixth Form College. Uh-huh. Yeah, I taught, I taught the academy for two and a half years. Uh, before coming uh, to the States, to New York City. And um, it would be another year in 1992. I started college at Hunter College, City University of New York, and then uh, then I uh, went on to Penn State um, Medical School and um, and then went on to my surgical training. And uh, we can get a little more into that. But that's sort of the mm-hmm. brief summary of my sort of medical, you know, educational background. So, so when you went to Hunter College, that's what, I mean, because you have a lot of folks, um, we have young folks that listen to us too, and some of them may be on track. Um, when you went to Hunter College, uh, what did you do as, as your, as your majors? Well, I, I majored in chemistry and, and minored in math. You know, I think one of the, one of the fundamental things in Dominica that we had, we had, uh, we had great teachers, you know, um, I can't speak for now, but I, I can tell you we had great teachers back then who really, you know, focused on us. You know, I, I can tell, you know, guys like uh, Brother Healy and Cuthbert Elwin, you know, all of them rest in peace. You know, they really were dedicated to, to teaching us. And I really fell in love with the sciences. So, I, you know, I went that route. But that was my focus in Dominica also. That's what I taught at SMA. And um, obviously I continued it here. I wanted to be a chemical engineer when I came to the States. But that, you know, changed with time. 
All right, and you become you became a, a, a medical doctor and eventually a surgeon. Now, now listeners, yeah. um, you know we all look, watch television and we see all this excitement, um, patients coming to an emergency unit into a hospital with with some kind of injury from some incident, and they're rushed into surgery. And sometimes we get the drama of what happens in the actual OR. Well, well, tonight with us we have a real life trauma surgeon who I I I I think lives that type of type of life every day. So a, a, a very fast paced, very very pressure cooker type of life. I imagine is what the life of a trauma surgeon is. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, it is. You know, and um, like I said, you know, we see it all. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we, we have some great saves, and sometimes it's very disheartening some of the things that we see, but, you know, the goal, the goal of trauma surgery is to salvage, you know, uh, these trauma patients, uh, some of them on the brink of death, some of them actually, you know, die for a brief period of time, you know, and some these are some of the things that we deal with, the gunshot wounds, the stab wounds, um, you know, the motor vehicle accidents, you know, from the falls, we take care of it all. So, 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 yeah, give us, so, give us a, a scenario you know, of, of a typical, not a bad day, but a, a day that's filled with excitement, you know, with all the drama that we see. Is, is, is what you yeah. see on television a good reflection of what happens in the actual, um, OR? Yeah, well, what you see, what you see on television sometimes is, it's a week, you know, condensed into one hour. Um, but, uh, there, there are times, you know, on Friday night or Saturday night where it can be like that. And, but you have, you know, five, six, seven, eight traumas. You know, uh, multiple gunshot wounds coming in. Um, you know, sometimes it's gang activity. Um, I could tell you in my, in my institution in December, we had 23, uh, gunshot wounds in one month. Um, you know, attempted homicides and things like that. So sometimes it gets really fast paced where, you know, you gotta call your back up in and there's two of you going at it, you know, trying to save multiple lives. So yeah, some of it, uh, you know, on the television is real, but some, sometimes it condenses. You can dance a whole week into one hour and just make it feel, you know, action-packed. But again, it, it, it's real. A few few weeks ago, you know, we had a young young man thrown out of his car, you know, with a with a gunshot to his chest. You know, he was pretty much dead. You know, and 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 these are the kind of things we're faced with. You know, young lives, you know, especially, and 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 how things are wasted sometimes. And these are things we we, we deal with. So when you say sometimes they come in pretty much dead, you mean that sometimes you're able to resuscitate some of your patients, right? Yes, yes. You know, some other, so what we call it the penetrating traumas, you know, the gunshot wounds and the stab wounds. Sometimes you can, you can resuscitate them. If it's, you know, sometimes if it's within 15 minutes of the heart stopping, you can, you can work very hard to bring them, to bring them back. But again, you know, it is what it is sometimes. No, that, that must be an exhilarating feeling though when you have a patient who seems like he's, you know, he's already gone beyond the brink and you're able to, to resuscitate that patient. Yeah, you know, um, one of the reasons I went into trauma is, you know, the, the fast pace and the adrenaline rush. But you're right. It, 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 people don't realize that, you know, people think that, you know, sometimes we just turn it off and we turn it on. But that is not the case. You know, this is a human being. Especially if it's a young, young life, it it, it 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 sticks with you sometimes. And not only do we try to resuscitate or operate on this patient, we have to take that walk down the hall and tell the fam, you know. And that's another 
big aspect of what we do, you know. So sometimes it's it's a long walk to go down that hallway and, and tell the family, you know, your loved one just passed away. So, you know, again, uh, a lot of people, you know, I know there's been a lot of, you know, negative things against healthcare and physicians, but um, I think there's an aspect of it that people don't people don't realize that we deal with. Yeah, that that aspect of of, of uh, as you say the, the long walk down the hallway yeah. and, and see those expectant eyes of the family, and um, and right. it's a good feeling when you can give them okay news. It's, it, yeah, it, yeah, it must be a downer yeah. when you when you don't have yeah. such such good news um, to convey. Right. Yeah. And we do we do have you know we do have some good 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 outcomes. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just the, the, the all the bad stuff. It's not just the physicians, you know. I always, I always give kudos where they belong. You know, we talk about nurses, physician assistants, you know, the nurse practitioners, you know, the techs. Everyone is a team effort. To be honest with you, so transporter who gets them there on time, right? In the quickest possible. Exactly. Yeah. The paramedics. I always say that the paramedics, you know, uh, deep respect for them. You know, in terms of what they do before the patients come to the hospital. The respiratory therapist that helps with the breathing and all that thing. You know, all, all these things. So, so um, yeah. in, in terms of um, tech, the technology um, that that you have as your tools that can assist you, let's talk a little bit about that that technology that helps you to, I guess, keep that person quote unquote alive in an artificial way until you can restore whatever part of yours is damaged to where um, they can stabilize. Yeah. Well, you know, again, again, you know, that is the, that is the that is the privilege of, of living in, in in the United States, and, you know, developed countries. Um, critical care, ICU care, has you know become so advanced that we can we can do so much now for people. And I guess we will talk a little bit about you know Dominica and third world countries. But again, you know, you could put the patient on a bypass. You know, we have the ventilators that can breathe for them. There's a lot of things we could leave the abdomen open with certain you know materials to the belly open so we can go back the next day. There are just so many things that we can do now, you know, in that critical you know period of time that we could do what's called damage control, where we control the, the, the damage and then we come back and fight that fight. Whether it's damage to the lungs, which whether it's damage to the heart, you know, even 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 now the neurosurgeons are doing hypothermia. You, know, you freeze the patient and things like that. So there's all kinds of things. Uh, advanced things that we have up here to deal with certain type of injuries. Um, my focus is, 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 is the open abdomen. Um, <clears throat> I have written, I wrote one of the first books in the country on the management of the open abdomen for Springer Publishing. And again, you know, so, so someone comes with multiple gunshot wounds, multiple bowel injury, you can deal with the injuries but leave the belly open. You take them back to the ICU where the nurses do such a great job. And then the next day or the day after that, we can go back and, you know, take take them back and, and deal with the, you know, with the secondary thing. So I think all these things sort of, you know, help patients in terms of survival these days. You know, when, when you talk about um, open abdomen, you hit a personal note because um, when I was, uh, I was 14, I was 14, I was in fifth form in high school, I had an accident. And I had a puncture yeah. wound to my abdomen that damaged um, my intestines and, and all of that. And, oh. and I was fortunate 
that I, there was a surgeon from India in Dominica at the time who specialized in, in, in that type of surgery. And he was, yeah. he was able to save me. <laughs> so, yeah. so I know we will, we will, we will segue back into the healthcare of the, of the Caribbean, um, as it exists, as it was, and as it can be. But as you talked about, yeah. um, open, open abdomen, I, 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 it touched a personal nerve because I have the scar right down my yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to, <laughs> to have the experience. testament yeah, 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 to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah experience, experience that. Um, but, but I want to segue a little bit out of healthcare. Um, since you mentioned a couple of times gunshot wounds, wounds, and, um, yeah. you know, one of the issues we have in the U.S. is the issues of gun violence, and um, mm-hmm. Dominica is no stranger from that either. We have a, a high um, amount of guns yeah. in our country for the type of country that we have. Um, that's that's right, yeah. Yeah, as somebody who sees the, the direct and has to deal with the direct impact of those guns, what, what do you have to say to, um, to persons, to young people yeah. listening, to the mothers, to the, to the parents, people who may have influence on on persons who, who see gun as something that is so so valuable to have? Well, you know, I think most of the things we see, you know, is, is um, you know, it's not, it's not suicide. You see suicide, but most of the time it's, 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 it's homicidal. Hmm. And, um, and what I have seen lately, you know, and I, I know it's controversial, and you know, I, I really don't care what people think of what I have to say on that because it's what I live with. I see a lot of young black on black crime, young black men shooting each other. Um, I was actually writing an article two weeks ago. I had to stop um, because it, it really hits home. You know, like I said, we had 23 in one month. They were all young black males between the age of 14 and I would say 25. Wow. You know, it's very. It's very, very disheartening, you know, that I have to operate on a 14-year-old, you know, shot in a drive-by, you know. Um, so, again, and, 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 and then when I go out, you know, we save some, you know, some die. But the thing about it is, you know, you go out and you, you see a family, you know, you see, a, you see 13 or 14 people standing there waiting for the news, you know. And, and, and these are the people that we have to reach out to, you know. And, and, and that's where prevention, I think, is very, very important. Because, because, you know, what's done is done, but what are we going to do about the other kids coming up? You know, and, and that's my biggest concern. You know, I, I, we had a walk here two months ago against violence because there's so much gunshot going on. You know, and then I, I got to the, to the match and there were about 15 people. They're very disheartened, you know, and the people that it impacted were not there, you know. So my point is we can sit there and, and talk about what matters and, and, and point fingers at other people, but at some point we have to point the finger back at ourselves, you know, and, 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 and talk, you know, talk to these kids and, 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 and go out there and, 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 and reach out to them and let them know that, you know, there's, there is hope because I'm telling you, man, they're killing each other. And it's, it's, it, it breaks my heart when, when that happens. You know, I, I told you about the incident, you know, his friends threw him out of the car. In front of the emergency room, they didn't have the courtesy to stop because they know it was criminal activity. Threw his body out with eight gunshot wounds out of the car in front of the ER. By the time he got to us, he's dead. You know, mm-hmm. it's very, very, very disheartening to see these young people wasting their lives. And I think we, as a society, we need to step up. I mean, we could we could be out there and on the media and talking all the crap we want, 
But as long as, as we, 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 we need to talk about these issues of this young black guy killing themselves, yes, there is discrimination. I can tell you, tell you tons of times that I have been discriminated against. You know, I, I, I am, I, I'm an example of that. It doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor, what, what car you drive, you know, we are being discriminated against. I can, I, you know, I can write a book on that. But the point of the matter is, it does not take away from the fact that we're out there shooting each other. And I can tell you, I can tell you last week we had four. We had four, four in my students. institution. Right. And all four, all four were young black males. It's very disheartening, man. You know, and, and I can tell you an incident in December. This young man got shot up in his body. He survived. We operated on him. And while he's in the hospital, he has friends visiting, young friends, 15, 16. And one of them got arrested. He was in the hospital room with two guns on him. You know? I mean, these are the things we need to talk about. You know, people might come at me and say, you know, well, you know, there's other things going on. Yeah. But that other thing is being overlooked because of this kind of activity. So I think the family structure, the community structure, the societal structure needs to come together and deal with this. And, and you, know, you know, you're right yeah. because, because we have to do it for ourselves because obviously nobody's doing, nobody's willing to do it for us. We, right. we, and it's been going on for too long. It's been going on for a long it's been going time. On, it's been going on for too long. You know, this is my third trauma position and I can tell you it's the same everywhere I've been. You know, and, and it's very disheartening. I, I'm not lying. I have the article that I started writing. I could not finish. You know, I could not bring myself to finish it, but I, I think I will because I think at the end of the day, there has to be a cry. You know, someone needs to bring this up again. You know, every once in a while, someone brings it up, but then it just fades away because there's other things going on. Yeah. But I'm telling you, mm-hmm. young black males killing each other, and I see it every week. And, and, and the thing about it, the two things I would say to that is one is that you, we don't hear about it unless when somebody says, so, so when somebody else kills a black person, um, we hear society, some people in society say, but, but why are you only focusing on that? Why don't you focus on black on black crime? We hear it in that setting. And then of course the reaction to that is negative. And then, and then the other thing I would say to that is, for example, look, take for example, now that, um, there's a certain segment of the population that's been highly affected by heroin, and we are initiating oh, yeah. yeah. from the president, we are initiating from everybody that's trying to tackle heroin. We have centers where they, they, they even have, like in Boston, there are centers where heroin users can go there so they can use their drugs in that facility. So that if they overdose, they're next to the hospital, they can get care. But we don't hear a similar type of intervention, similar type of program being organized for this issue that you're highlighting where young black people are violent against the other young black people. So we in the black community have to take initiative and start the movement to mitigate against that because obviously the help is not going to come from outside the community. You're absolutely right on that, and and again, you know that 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 is one of my focus. You know, I, I think um, you know if there were more uh, trauma surgeons or trauma, you know, folks talking about what they see and and and, and what we have to deal with with that with that with that subgroup of the population, 
I mean, like I said, it's, it's extremely disheartening. You know, um, we see it every week, and it's 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 an epidemic. I mean, 23, 23 young black males getting shot up in one month. In one month, four of them in one week. I said last week. And I'm, I'm, I don't even. The, the thing is, I don't even work in a big city. Right, and, just and, put that into perspective. And also, you're in one trauma center. Right, exactly. You know, so again, you know, again, folks might say, "Well, you know, there's other issues going on," but that's my issue, mm-hmm. and I can talk about it, and and I, I feel free to talk about. it. Because I deal with it. And you earn you know, and, and, and your right to talk about it. Exactly. And when I go to that room of packed with people crying and bawling their eyes out, you know, these are the folks that need to come together and say, how are we going to stop this to happen to the next person in that room? But, uh, but it seems like we just go back and it becomes a vicious cycle. And we do it all over again. So, again, I think that's where the issue lies. You know, that's where the issue lies. This young, I'm talking about 14, 15 year old kids, man. You know, that madness has to stop. And, and you, you work out of Pennsylvania, right? Yes, yes. Right. And, and I mean, we hear stories of Chicago and, and certain parts of New York City and, 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 and so on where it seems like the, 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 um, the case is even worse. And, um, right. I'm on, I'm on my street on, on um, President's Day. I'm sitting I'm sitting here doing work at 6.30 p.m. and I hear three gunshots and the two guys are shot right on the street outside my house. You know, yeah. One of them is shot right. in his face so he dies and the other one got sh- two shots in his back. Luckily yeah. he survived. So it happens all, it, all over the place. Yeah. yeah. But it's like it's taboo, you know. It's like, oh my God, you're not supposed to talk about that because there's other things going on. But what I'm saying is the other thing that's going on gets, gets, it, 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 what, what was the word I would use? I would say that the other stuff that's going on is over, is, is, that other thing is overshadowing it because I can tell you, I have been pulled over at least three, four times a year. You know, you know, gun have been drawn on me. You know, I've been pulled over and been asked, did I, did I purchase this vehicle? You know, so that is real. The discrimination is real. But what I'm trying to say is, when I see that every weekend, every week, that we're shooting each other, that bothers me because it takes away from the real discrimination that's going on out there. And that is one of my cry, you know? You know, I mean, I have three sons, and, and I could tell you, I, I have that talk with them about, you know, how to carry themselves. But even then, even then, it becomes difficult because no matter how you carry yourself, you will get discriminated against. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about that because I am willing to prove that it does happen. Every once in a while, I will try to pull the, you know, I'm a trauma surgeon thing to try to get out of it. But a lot of times, you know, it is what it is. But I, I'm not saying it's right. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying the, my concern as a trauma surgeon is I want to see these young black men become men and be productive members of society, and not dying at the age of fifteen and twenty—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is, and 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 the thing about it is that the the one that dies is lost. The one, yeah. and everybody else who's involved in the shooting, some of them go to jail, so they're also lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, and so, and so, uh, yeah, so it, it affects multiple, multiple people. And, and I think you, I think you are in a unique position, if I may say so, because because you are from the community in who is affected, you know. So right. so you have yeah, exactly. you have a unique message that you can that you can put out. So I think you should write the article, and I think you should maybe write the book, <laughs> you know. And, and of course, well, I, I I do want to write a book. I want to write the book about. I want to write the book about. You know, and, and again, you know, everyone is different. And, and I can tell you, it would be nice that if more black surgeons, you know, would come out and, and trauma surgeons would come out and speak. But I want to talk about, you know, my experience through medical school and, and residency and even being an attendant, you know, in a predominantly white society and in a predominantly white field and in a predominantly old white man field, you know, and, and how, how, how we are perceived sometimes. And, and, and the struggles and the hurdles that we have to go through, it's real, you know, and that's why I, I would tell the, the young brother or sister coming up, you know, you don't give up, you know, because sometimes that's the agenda. The agenda is to, is to hold you down. But I could tell you, I, I'm my strongest, I'm my strongest when the foot is on my neck, you know, and that's my personality and that's how I develop, you know, so I, I, I can tell you a lot of people give up, you know, when I was an undergrad, a lot of my friends gave up, you know, but I, that's the word I want to put out there is if you want it, you got to go for it. And it does not come easy. You know, all the rewards, you know, people look at me and, and, and ask me for favors, etc. But they don't know the work that went into it. You know, but when you go through that struggle, you can definitely appreciate it more, you know, in terms of what you have and what you've been able to accomplish. So let's go there a little bit because that, that's one of the things I want to, I want to, I want to talk about. Let's talk about the journey that a young young boy from the village of Pernichel in Dominica, the journey that takes him, you know, we, you spoke a little bit about your Dominican schooling, but then you, you come to the U.S., you, 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 you major in the sciences, you go to medical school, yeah. you become a surgeon, and you become an accomplished and recognized um, person in your field. Let's talk about that a little bit for the, for the, for the persons who are listening. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and again, when you when you when you say that we are you you read you read it on a CV, it looks like wow, you know, and and but that's not what it is. It, it, it's you know, when I first came to America in the first year, I couldn't get a job. You know, um, my first my first my first job was a security guard. You know, making five twenty five an hour. You know, I was a I was a cab driver out in Elmont, um, New York. You know, um, and um, I also worked for Domino Sugar. I, I worked and I worked and I went to school, mm-hmm. and uh, there was really no, not much time to play per se. You know, so it was a focus, and um, and uh, there was a point where I realized that there was no turning back because at one point I had no money to sort of go back because I wanted to go back home. <laughs> you know, um, it was very disheartening. But but the, the, the key is I kept. There came a point. You know, I, I remember, I distinctly remember, and I tell my kids this, I was on the subway driving to my security job, and they had to wear this tight uniform. And this, 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 this kids were coming from school, and they were laughing at me, you know? And, and, and it, it triggered in my head, you know? I, I knew where, what I was about, you know? I knew I, I could do well in school, you know? And I knew where I could go. 
So, you know, like I said, I, I, I had an idea of where I was going. But I could still know this kid laughing, and, you know, like, at my security guard uniform, you know. But in my mind, I'm like, this, they don't even know this is a stepping stone, you know. And, and, and I call it, I really call it defeat in America. Because I think, I think a lot of times it, it worked against some of us, you know, the struggle. So as time went on, I sort of knew what I had to do, you know. So first I was a chemistry major and then I kept the chemistry major, but I decided I was going to be pre-med for, you know, so whatever reason. And then, and then, um, the, the pre-med advisor tried to discourage me. You know, that's enough itself. And, um, Despite my grade, you know, I had a 4.0 GPA. You know, didn't lose every every semester, and you know, well, that's important. Like, well, you know, let's let's not gloss over that, that a little bit. I don't want to um, break your train of thought, but yeah. but but you were saying that you were driving cab, you were working security mm -hmm. at night, you were going to school, yeah. and you were still able to maintain a perfect A average. Yeah, I mean, it didn't lose every semester. And you yeah. do it every semester. So that I don't want to, yeah. I, I want to be able to pause on that a little, let that sink into the people, because there's a bunch of people who are going through that right now. The cycle continues. There are persons who come up here and they have their goal right. and, um, and they have to work in jobs that, that, that's necessary for survival. But, but here, right. here you say, you know, listen, if you keep at it, you know, there's light, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And then you, you said that even with a 4.0, your your advisor was trying to discourage you from doing pre-med. Right, exactly. Because he said he said, well, you know, you didn't do you didn't, you didn't do any volunteer work, blah blah blah. I said, you know, I don't have time for volunteer work. I, I work and I go to school, you know. And funny on my on my second interview for medical school, I got accepted on the spot, you know. Mm -hmm. So so and then and then I won I won the Jonas Salk Award for research from you know there were six of us from all the city University of New York. And there was a big presentation, you know, with CBS News and everything else. And that pre-med advisor was there, you know, and I felt so good to tell him, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, I got into Penn State, you know. But again, for the, for those coming up, I can tell you, man, it is so easy to get that $10, $15 hour job and say, you know what, I'm quitting school, I'm not doing it, you know, I'm, I'm making good money. That's not good money, first and foremost. And, and the easiest thing is to give up, you know. The easiest thing is to walk away and, and, and not fight, you know, deal with the challenge. And um, I saw a lot of my friends do that, and I try to discourage them, you know, from, from, from giving up. But, again, sometimes the pressure is, is, is extremely hard. You know, like I said, everybody has a situation. You don't know what people are dealing with at work. You don't know what people are dealing with at home. But I could tell you, overall, those coming up, you know, I think we had a good education background. So when you come here, don't. Don't don't give up, you know. Um, even if it takes six years to finish your undergrad, stay with it, stick with it, and know where you're going. You know, I I always I develop that five year plan. Where do I want to be in five years? You know, and I think that's one thing a lot of people should do. You know, where do I want to be in five years? And that sort of gives you sort of direction on where you want to go. So I got accepted to medical school, and you know, like they say, the rest is history. Right, and, 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 and now you are, you are a, a, a well-recognized surgeon in your field. So one of, the, one of the things that I experienced coming up here to go to school, because just like you, I went to high school, I went to sixth form college, and then I came up here to go to college, is that um, the, 
the, the education system that we have in, in Dominica, or we had at the time, used to challenge us so much. It made us yeah. so strong that right. that what over here would break some people, we we were right. we, we were well equipped to um yeah. to, to to deal with it. So yeah. So there's always I know me as a person, I'm always looking for the opportunity. I'm hoping to get the opportunity to go to give back to Dominica because because in a sense you owe your accomplishment to that stat that we had. In, in Dominica. So I, I want to shift a little bit and let's talk about the healthcare. I don't know how familiar you are with, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the healthcare system back home, but let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit and let's talk about maybe some of the shortcomings, some of the areas where we may be able to, to see improvements, to contribute, that sort of thing. So how familiar are you with, with, with that? I am very familiar. I, I don't know if you've been you've been following me, but uh, you know I've been down there a few times. I've been down five times in the last three and a half years. Um, I, I ran the first trauma conference there in February of 2015. Um, let me just talk about that a little. And I did go down in October after Erica. Um, in, in 2014, I was invited by one of the doctors from Princess Mary Hospital to come down and do the inaugural, uh, you know, trauma conference. And um, I recruited a few more people up here to go. But then last minute, last minute, two weeks before, they said, well, we, we don't have sponsorship. We're going to cancel the conference. The thing is, two of us had already bought our tickets and, and, and booked hotel. And done, we did all of that. So I said, no, you're not going to cancel it. You know, I don't want to pay. I don't want anything. I'm doing this for free. You know, blah, blah, blah. We're going to run the conference. So instead of two days, we had to do a one-day trauma conference. There was a really good turnout. We had the doctors. We had a lot of the nurses from across the country, across the island, in that conference. Me and the other trauma surgeon from Grand Bay, we taught, um, we ran the whole conference from around 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And it was very, very well received. Right. Um, I met with the fire, I met with the fire chief afterwards, um, just to discuss, you know, pre-hospital management, paramedics, and how things work. And I found out a lot. And what I did is I went on the radio and I spoke. And at the time, I really didn't want to get too political. Um, but uh, some things transpired through the course of the year. And I went down after Erica. Um, there was a lot of controversy there around that, too. And I presented. Um, we, we sent down, a, first of all, we sent down a 20-foot container uh a group called We Are Dominica, which I am a member of, um, we, we got together and sent a container with, with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, medical equipment. But I did not get there uh, before I got there. But what we ended up doing, we brought several suitcases of medication. Um, and there's a whole history behind me not having privileges in my own country. Um, and that, that, you know, I can say it on here, it's very, it's political. Um, I don't have privileges to operate in the hospital or even do anything in the hospital. But anyway, I went down and my aim was to go to the clinics. We visited five, five clinics. We dropped off, you know, lots of medicine that, that was well needed. And we met with some of the nurses. So, you know, I, I felt, I felt that, that, that we accomplished a lot. You know, it's, it's one thing I would love to go down and, and operate and, and use my skill set down there. But obviously for political reasons. 
that never happened. But are you saying that? Are you saying that um, you are willing to apply for operating oh, yeah, yeah. privileges that, at Peter that, that, Carlos when you're yeah. being denied? I went. I went on that route since 2012. I have, you know, emails, and they recently sent me the stuff about. They sent me the stuff again, but again, um, if you look at it, it's more uh, stringent. It's, it's so difficult. It's more difficult than me getting privileges up here in the United States. No. And I'm, I'm one. And, and what what I say to myself is this: I say, you know, I'm down there, and I see a lot of you know Cuban doctors in Dominica, and I wonder if they have to go through the same process. You know, right. um, I like you, like you know, I am the trauma medical director now. You know, at at, at the trauma center. You know, and uh, I'm I'm ATLS certified. I'm an ATLS instructor. Um, and and I do a lot of you know advanced uh, surgical procedures, and and there's hurdles in my own country that I want to do for free, you see. So anyway, after Erica, I went on the radio and I gave the healthcare system an F because I gave it an F because of what I saw at the hospital and what I saw at the clinics. You know, you had a rat infestation. There were there were a few other things I'm not going to get too much into, and there was a huge backlash. You know, it's almost an immediate vilification of. Of, 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 of me, you know, and I'm like, you know what, it's not even worth fighting that, 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 that battle, you know, as much, I love my country, I love my people, and, you know, I would like to see healthcare improve, but it was a personal attack on me in terms of me saying, you know what, we need to fix this, this, this healthcare system is an F, um, and the, the people took it upon themselves to make it a personal thing about me, and not looking at the, the message that I was sending in terms of improvement. Um, we at Dominica is a, is a really good, a really good group, a really dynamic group up here. Um, and I'm happy to be associated with them. You know, I have access to, um, a warehouse full of medical supplies and that container that we sent, you know, we can send more. But the problem is how it gets processed when it gets there. And, and, and do the people really get what they need? You know, in 2013, I sent down several barrels of medical supplies and it stayed in the customs for four months with my father, you know, trying to clear it. And when I had, when I had talks with the Minister of Health prior to me coming down, all, all this, you know, bureaucratic nonsense. So again, you know, I, I am familiar with the Dominican health system and it's, it's, it's non-existent at this point. And it bothers me that certain, you know, privileged folks can leave the island and get their care. And the, 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 the man on the ground, the man on the street cannot get that care. And if he, if he falls or if he, if he's in a motor vehicle accident, he dies. He or she dies. It's, it, it's, it's sickening. No, but certainly. And, um, the part about the, the politics, you know, uh, I, I was talking to, to somebody, um, a couple of days ago, and they were telling me about a friend of theirs who, who was sick in the hospital with a stroke, and the the care that the patient was getting was calling us calling a surgeon in Martinique and relaying by telephone the you know whatever was going on in the patients and the patient and the doctor in Martinique is trying his best, I imagine, to imagine the condition of the patients and giving advice as to what can be done. And, yeah. um, and, and, and when, when that was queried as to, well, is that, is that the level of, of, um, healthcare that's available? That person yeah. immediately slipped and said, but you know, the Prime Minister is doing his best. So, yeah. 
So even with yeah. even with a loved one laying on the bed, um, right. people seem to yeah. to get so defensive. Any questioning of any of, of yeah. anything oh, that's going on in the country yeah. is seen as an attack on on government. Yeah. But but right. the, the thing is that if you don't, if you're not able to give an for one honest assessment of 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 the current situation. How do you even get to make recommendations for improvement? You know? Exactly. And, and you, I think you hit the nail on the head here. You know, and, um, you know, even the Minister of Health, the current Minister of Health, we were good friends. You know, we went to six home together. You know, and I thought he would be somebody that I would be able to get to and, and at least have a reasonable conversation with because of her history. But, you know, he, he also jumped on the bandwagon of, you know, the personal attacks. And instead of, you know, uh, objectively and trying to, trying to, trying to fix the situation. You know, again, it, it, it's not about politics, you know, and, and that's what the, the people who are, we're, we're so divided now. I was, I'm very disheartened and very, very taken aback by, um, by how divided we are. You know, friends are no longer friends, brothers and sisters fighting each other over political stuff. When before, you know, back in the day, it was not right. And we could, we could go and vote for different parties. And at the end of the day, we, you know, go pick mangoes and or drink some rum together. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. It's so divisive, and, and, and that's what bothers me, because you're right. I, I met some family members of people who, who came to me for medical advice, and, and, and again, it was like, you know, you, you better shut your mouth kind of deal, you know, don't talk about the system. You know, it, 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 it's amazing. Dominica has a, 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 an epidemic of, of, of asthma, you know, and all these people were coming to me for, for you know, I'm a surgeon, but I try to give them the best advice I could give. You know, all these kids have asthma down there, and they don't have medication. You know, and, and these parents ask you what to do. You know, these are the things that need to, to be addressed. There's, you know, there is, there's all kinds of viruses and stuff going on, and we're on the radio talking about it, but then you walk down the street and the drain is dirty and no one is doing anything about it. You know, I'm not saying the government has to do everything. I think sometimes the populace has to take the, the initiative to do some of it. But again, the leadership has to set the example. And I, I don't think we, we, we've seen that in Dominica anymore. Yeah, and, and leadership, leadership is, I think, is what, is what it is. But let's, let's, let's cycle back a little bit. Um, because if we, if we continue talking about the things that we need to fix in Dominica, we'll be here, <laughs> we'll be yeah. here till next Wednesday. And, 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 and don't, don't, I'm not shying away from that conversation because those are conversations that we need to have. And, and let whoever is upset that we talk about it be upset. The fact is that we have to recognize what is what is currently up, what currently obtains, and we have to we have to be able to make recommendations to fix it. But but let's come back to yeah. you, Dale. I'm Doctor Doctor Dungben. Um, no, you call me Dale. <laughs> I know I can call you Dale, uh, but but you know, like we say in Dominica, I have to give you a handle. Um, yeah. You say you plan five years out. So, so you you are the you are the director of of the trauma center at your hospital. Where where is? Well, I'm, I'm I'm about to take that. I'm, I'm May twenty third. I'm taking that up. On May twenty third, you taking up that position. Okay. So where yeah, do yeah, you? Yeah, I'm officially I'm officially the trauma medical director. The trauma medical director. Contract signed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe it's not a good idea to ask you where you see Doctor Dangaben being in five years' time, then, because you're new employer. Isn't that the same? Well, well, no, I do. <laughs> you know, and, and that's another thing I want to put out there. You know, the young people listening. I I do all the things. You know, um, I am a I'm a serial entrepreneur. 
you know, I um, I own an app development company, so I put out a lot of apps. Um, we have over 50 apps, um, smartphone apps, and, um, you know, um, a, a lot of uh, e-commerce. You know, I own a carry swap shop. Um, it, it's a little takeoff, but it's, it's just people on their carry swap shop. is is an e-commerce site. Again, I developed it for the Caribbean folks. It's like an eBay where folks can sell their products. You carry know? swap shop, and, you say? Yeah, C-A-R-I swap shop.com. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, again, it, it gives, it gives people the, it, we created a portal, an e-commerce site where any vendor can go in there and sell their Caribbean products. So it's mm-hmm. like Etsy or, or eBay type model, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've done, we've done that. Um, we actually got some products out of Dominica in, in the past, uh, coconut oil and, you know, moringa and things like that. Um, you know, I own the surgery education network, which is a, Educational network for surgeons and medical students, and um, you know, I also just started nurse inventors with some nurses. So we, we do a lot of things, you know, on, on the side. It's not just me being a trauma director or a trauma surgeon. I I I, I dabble in some of those things. So where the apps that you develop, where where what do you just have them on iTunes and 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 the Android shop or? or yes, yes, yes. Okay, so what are some of them? Just spend some time because I'm I'm very interested in that. I have I have a couple of IT um, ventures as well. Yeah, a, a lot of, a lot of the apps. When I first started, I started with surgical education because that's my passion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of this, actually, I, you know, I I, I give talks nationally. I, you know, um, you know, I, I made the general surgery news. You know, I was one of the first in 2010 to really push surgical education on that platform. You know, so I have several apps. I have, you know, things like Surgical Challenge, Surgical Pimpapalooza. These are all search quests. Mm-hmm. These are all surgical education. I own Aaron Share, which Aaron for nurses, Share, S-H-A-R-E, mm-hmm. which is an educational network for nurses. They can get educational content on it. That's an app also. Um, also, uh, we have um, Valley Night Life for the Lehigh Valley. If you want to find a place in Lehigh, um, me and a DJ came up with that and we designed it and and uh, put it out there. And there's a couple more things in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also developed some apps for other institutions in terms of the medical realm and the paramedic, you know, world. So, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. <what> it is. <laughs> you keep yourself distracted from the high-stress situation by doing entrepreneurship yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But awesome. It's, it's, it's um, five minutes to nine, so, so we're, we're, winding down, we're winding down the interview. So, I mean, you, we've spoken about your medical career, we've spoken about your, your track to get there, we've spoken about your passion for, for seeing things improve in Dominica, and now we, we talk about your entrepreneurship in terms of IT. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell us about, um, about Dale Dangerman that you haven't had a chance to? Well, you know, I've, I've written two books, um, two surgical books. I have another one coming out in October. Um, with McGraw Hill, um, I have one with McGraw Hill, one with Springer, and then one with Springer coming out again, again in the surgical field. I am writing a book called "My First Ten Years as a Surgeon." It, I don't have an end date on that, but um, that'll be my fourth book. Actually, that'll be my fifth book because I do have a book, a book of poetry um, out there. But um, it's called "My Depth," which you know shows people that it's not just you know surgical books or apps that I create. Uh, but it's the called the depth. My depth. 
sorry, my depth. My depth. Um, my depth. Yeah, it shows it shows the two sides, you know, mm-hmm. of me. But again, I want to write. I'm writing that book. You know, my first ten years as a surgeon, because I think there's a message to send to young surgeons in, in particular. You know, um, in terms of in terms of what happens in the training and and what some people need to know going through it. Mm-hmm. That's really it in terms of the, you know, and again, like I said, I, I come up with ideas for folks and I give it, I give people ideas in terms of apps and tech and, you know, companies and things like that. So, so my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, one of the things that we, we do on this week in interviews is that we feature writers, we feature the work of writers. Um, okay. So we've had Steinberg and we had Jali on, because Jali has a book of life gripe called Life Gripes, very amusing book. Yeah. Um, We've had yeah, Jeff Joseph. Yeah, we have had, had Jeff Joseph a couple of weeks ago. Great, I had um, Peter John on there. Um, yeah. one of the, that's one of the things that I I want to do a little bit more of is is to highlight the the work of our of our people, our authors, our artists, our our musicians. Yeah. So so we need we definitely yeah. I I would want you to come back um, to talk about that aspect of of your of your life, your your writing. And, um, and, and, and to, and to, and you, we stay in touch. You can send me, um, links to the titles of your work so we can, we can highlight yeah. that as well with, with yeah. the books, with the books that, that we, that we highlight. Yeah, there's one thing I want to highlight though. There's, there's, a, there's a young woman from Dominique. She was in, um, in Boston. Uh, um, Julian, Julian Johnson, you know, um, she's a great photographer and, um, I've only met her once, you know, at the, at the protest last year, but she takes great pictures. And one of the things I want to do is, is create a, a coffee table book, uh, with her, with my, with some of my poems on there, black and white. So that would be something, you know, to Dominique and, you know, put another, a, a coffee table book. So that's one of my goals for the next six months. Okay. Well, we, well, you have an open mic here, um, whenever. Whenever that project or any other project that you're working on is, is available, you have an open mic here. You can always, um, contact us and we'll be delighted to, to have you back to, to, uh, to share with our audience, um, the things that you, that you're involved with. Absolutely. I love that. All right. So let me, let me say thank you so much. I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, there are so many more dimensions to you than just, you know, a complete yeah. surgeon. And that, and that's a pleasant, very, very pleasant surprise. Um, I got quite a few texts from my, from my listeners. Um, wow. You know, and some, some people just say, wow. And some people says, you know, yeah. and we want to get some of your work. And some people, um, agree on the, on, on your, on your views on this, um, young black lives that matter in terms of, in terms of yeah. violence among our young men. Yeah. And so, and so I've been getting a lot of feedback on, on my, on my text and my chat. And, and so, so I want to say, um, thank you so much, Dale, for coming on. And, and it was a, it was a real pleasure having you on as our guest on this weekend interview. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's, um, I really enjoyed being on with you. Okay. And, and of course, as I, as I said, you have an open mic here. You have an, an open forum. And we have some common, we have some common goals. And one of them is seeing some change in the Caribbean, seeing some change in the America yeah. and, 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 and helping out our folks 
who who need yeah. um, that that better um, medical care when they when they need it. Oh yeah, so absolutely. So I'm hopefully, all for that. hopefully we can collaborate on some of those things. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so all the best and and thank you so much, man. Yeah, all the best. All the best. You have a great night. All right, thank you. Okay. All right. But listeners, there you have it. We, you know, as as promised, another very informative, very very um, entertaining but informative um, conversation with Doctor Dale Dangleben. He was my guest tonight on this weekend interview. He's a trauma surgeon, and and he spoke about his experience, the experiences that he's having. He he talked about his career track, his education, getting to become a surgeon, and um. Spoke a little bit about doing some work in, in the Caribbean and Dominican specifically. Some of his writing, some of his additional um, work that he's done. We will try to highlight some of um, some of his work on our website as well. So I want to thank you for for staying with us through the hour. Um, thank you to our producer and engineer Sam, uh, and I'm, I'm to you, the listener. I hope um, that you you enjoyed this conversation as much as as much as I did. And let us see how we can we can act. And there's a couple of ways that we have to, but let's see what we can do to create the awareness for our young people who are who are continuing to be violent with each other. Let's hold up examples like Dr. Dangoben. Let's hold up let's hold him up. And persons who have accomplished like him. And you know, as he says, there's nothing special about him. You know, the most special thing that he has is that he didn't give up. You know, he saw opportunity. He made opportunity, but he didn't give up even when he was discouraged. So, so with those kind of examples, those types of inspiration, those types of moral models are what our young people need. And let's see how best we can we can rally and 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 and, and harness those resources in our community to make to make a huge difference. And so, I want to say good night, and I wish you all the best for the week. And we'll be doing this again next week, Wednesday. Same time, same place. And, and this has been This Week in Interview. I am your host, Anthony Drago. And um, every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. So next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to have another conversation like this one, full of information, full of entertainment, um, stimulating ideas, stuff that gets you thinking, stuff that only hear the amount of stuff that this gentleman is doing as busy as it is. As he is, we have no excuse for doing the things that we prom- keep promising that we're going to be doing. So this is me saying good night and wishing you all the best as you go through the remainder of your week, as you enjoy your weekend, and um, we will meet again next week, Wednesday, for another episode of this weekend interview. Good night. Mm-hmm.